Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You're listening to episode number 86 on the Awesomers.com podcast series. And as you may have guessed, all you have to do is run over to Awesomers.com slash 86 to see relevant show notes and details and maybe some of the links that we talk about in today's episode. Now, today is part one of a three-part series with Vladdy Gordon, and we're talking about some of the, the fun things that uh, he's been through in terms of his experience and his background with software development, working for Big Blue, uh, also known as IBM, in his prior career, and then that evolving into kind of the Amazon side of the business and then ultimately back into software. It's kind of like a, a ricochet, software, Amazon software. Uh, and today we're going to talk a lot about that journey. And we also talk about, as Vladdy calls it, five Amazon profit killers. So you are going to love today's episode. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad to be here too. Hey, Awesomers, it's me, Steve Simonson, and I'm back again with another episode of the Awesomers.com podcast series. And today I'm joined by Vladdy Gordon. Uh, Vladdy, how are you, buddy? Hello, Steve. Thanks for having me. Great. Glad to have you indeed. And uh, I've already read in kind of your, your background and your bio a little bit to tell people a little bit more about you from the high level. But tell us right now, live, if you will, what is your, you know, where do you live and what is your day-to-day -day responsibilities? Yeah. So um, I live in Stuttgart, Germany. Um, originally, I'm from um, a country called Moldova. Um, it was a part of the Soviet Union uh, years and years ago, but um, yeah, I live uh, in Germany since 18 years. So basically, we moved. I uh, moved as a um, as this, I was a student, and um, uh, I'm uh, a co-founder at Sellerboard.com. So this is uh, currently my biggest passion. We are a profit analytics tool for Amazon sellers, and um, our uh, vision is to be the world's most uh, precise uh, tool. So the world's most accurate profit analytics tool. And um, yeah, we're live since um, one and a half years working on this project um, as a co-founder and CEO since um, two years and I'm loving every day of it. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine it's a fun thing. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the seller board tool, and by the way, everybody will have the links in the show notes and so forth uh, for everybody to make sure they get good access. But uh, for seller board uh, is your... Is your method a SaaS model or do people have to download software? How does it work? No, it's a SaaS model. So um, um, it's a, the tool is completely in the browser. You can connect your Seller Central um, account and um, we automatically pull in uh, the data that we need 
to you know display the profitability charts and uh, do all the math and uh, you can access it from any browser or any phone basically yeah what a world we live in uh you know pretty much any device can get online you can see what's up uh and that is certainly a great day so uh Vladi, before we kind of jump into the uh, the day-to-day -day problems that Amazon sellers face, I'm a big fan of entrepreneurs in general, and certainly e-commerce entrepreneurs are uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, I want to get, learn a little bit more about you, if you don't mind. So uh, you mentioned that uh, you're from Moldova. What what city in Moldova were you born in? It's uh, it's called Chisinau. It's the uh, the capital. Oh yeah, Chisinau. Yes. Sure, I know it well. Uh, no, I don't know it. Uh, <laughs> I um, am happy to say I know Mol Moldova. I've heard of that. Uh, so that's I, I got to be in the top one percent of uh, geography knowledge. What do you think? Um, no, well, basically it's it's good enough because um, uh, this is a small country. It used to have like four and a half million people. Now I think it's it's less, uh, maybe three million. Wow. And um, it's the only. It's not a big city, but it's the biggest. So. Knowing Moldova is enough. <laughs> That's fascinating. Now, uh, what what do you think uh, has led to this kind of very sh significant shift in population? I think, um, like after the you know Soviet Union collapse, um, basically the the economy start uh, stopped working. You know, and um, this was a pretty small country, so uh, we didn't really have like a lot of uh, industry going on or banking and everything changed and capitalism came and nobody was um, ready for it. Basically, nobody knew what to do. So um, a lot of people just uh, moved, uh, basically like uh, myself, my parents, and some, some of them went to Europe or to US and another part to um, Russia or to the east and um yeah i think that's the main problem so basically the country lost a big part of its population yeah that's extraordinary um and historic times for sure so uh, let's let's go uh stay back with that it sounds like you were at university at some point uh exactly i, I started computer science in uh, germany okay nice actually while i was at the university i started uh, started working at ibm because we have a a big um, IBM development lab uh, here in uh, near Stuttgart. Um, it's like 1,800 people, I believe. It used to be the biggest um, IBM development lab outside of uh, the US, but now there are bigger ones in India. And uh, yeah, I started working there as a basically as a software developer. And then when I was done with my studies, I continued for another five years. And it was it was awesome. I was just you know programming code, and uh, this was all I wanted at, the, at that time. And I just loved the IBM being so international and uh, uh, you know open. Uh, so yeah, that was a great time. IBM certainly an exceptional com uh, company that's really stood the test of time. I suppose you know a lot of people don't really know IBM's history, and I'm not even going to go all the way to the back uh, of the history. But you know, in from the you know the the 20s forward, they mostly made typewriters, right? And, yeah. and so. To, to have a company that made typewriters essentially, then move into making computers, right? It, kind of in the 80s, and then completely exit that business and, yes. and more or less just be in the software services business is an extraordinary ride. Uh, and what, what types of projects were you working on there, Vladi? Um, IBM has um, like still produces those huge uh, computers called mainframes. Sure. And um, I was on the mainframe team developing software. It was like a, a more of a, a modern kind of software, like web web interfaces and everything. But um, it was still for those 
big, big uh, com computers that are used in banks and insurance companies. Yeah, kind of uh, still probably a Unix base to them, I presume? Oh, well, they do have Unix as well, but uh, they also have a, a proprietary operating oh. system. It's called ZOS. Fascinating. And, um, so it's really like um, uh, not so like popular. You won't find too many people who know about this, but um, I think it's like 50 biggest banks in the world um, use, uh, use those servers. Oh, that is very interesting. Uh, I guess it's a good way for uh, keeping hackers off the mainframes if, you know, not everybody's an expert on uh, Windows yeah. or versus uh, the ZOS. Yeah. You know, you're going to find more hackers Absolutely. on Windows for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Nobody knows how to hack it. But yeah. um, it's, a, it's a cash cow for IBM for sure. Well, uh, we always respect cash cows and we want some of those cows of our own, I believe. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about from the time you had that job. It sounded like you enjoy it. What, was there a defining moment from that point to now that put you on the road to where you are today? I guess, um, you know, I was um, reading books um, on, on uh, basically business and motivation, things like, you know, good to great and, um, I don't know, all, all those kind of books. And um, at a certain point, I decided I want to be more in the business and less in, uh, in the software development because uh, I really loved developing software, but um, you're kind of a little bit, um, um, you know, you, you're sitting in one room and um, you're, you're, you know, working on a small part of one project and uh, don't see, you know, the world outside it for, for weeks sometimes. So um, at a certain point, I thought, okay, I want to be in the software business, not really in the software um, development. It is a, it's interesting. So uh, I think that's a, a natural evolution, by the way. Uh, I also studied computer science for one whole semester oh. and uh, loved, uh, loved programming. I was a programmer from early on, but I realized, you know, not long uh, into my probably late teen years, early 20s, that programming could more or less be a commodity. And I wanted to do mm -hmm. stuff kind of in the business world. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the book, Good to Great, which I think is a very uh, important book to help people kind of uh, again, break the paradigms of normal and, and have a bigger perspective. Um, for those Osmers out there listening, osmers.com slash 46, uh, my good buddy Michael Pinkowski did a book of the week review on good to great just recently to remind us that that book, even though it's you know somewhat dated, the concepts and the ideas uh, and the lessons are not in fact dated. It sounds like you took something away from that book too, huh? Well, basically it motivated me to, to find another job and um uh, I took another corporate job, in, uh, but in product management, software product management, and um, it was like um, a, a way to learn how the software business is working. And it um, um, was a lot of fun for sure. But at that time, I also understood, okay, I want to take it one step further and um, really do my own thing. And um, yeah, then I ran into Amazon. Um, you know, this whole hype um, started, I guess, Amazon sellers existed also 10 years ago. But um, I think it was five or four or five years ago, um, this whole amazing selling machine, you know, and um, and all those early days um, or early day courses, they kind of put a lot of attention on Amazon. Uh, and um, yeah, I also noticed it, and I asked myself, okay, can I do it in Germany? Because um, all all those stories they were about US, and I wasn't even sure how how to sell in US. Actually, I think it's it's pretty easy um, to sell in US without being um, a U.S. citizen or without even having a company in the U.S. Probably even easier than selling in Germany, being being a German citizen, you know. But um, anyway, I thought, okay, I should give it a try. And um, 
yeah, I think this was my first step into this. Uh, that's a fascinating. Uh, I'd like to dive more into that here in a minute. I'm going to ask you some follow-up questions, but first we're going to take a quick break and we're going to do that right now. Hey, I wonder if you are my awesomer review hero. I saw a five-star review on iTunes the other day, and it's from Old Lady JJ, and she leads with this title, Awesomer's Podcast Really Is Awesomer. It's a five-star review, which of course makes our day, myself and the whole team that works on this, and there's a, there's a bunch of people, three, four people who work on every single episode. I think at least four plus me, that's five. So there's a lot of work that goes into these. So these really do make our day. So again, I'll, I'll leave the title. Awesomer's podcast really is awesomer. And here's what she goes on to say. This podcast is full of rich knowledge and experience that is freely shared. Not only is it entertaining, but by applying what I'm learning, I am changing and becoming a better person. Not to mention, you will learn how to become a successful business owner and entrepreneur from the best in the business. Such a superb podcast. And all I can say is you are my awesomer review hero. Thank you so much for the kind words. It really is humbling to see those words written down. And and I hope that I can continue to earn your trust and earn your listenership. uh, Because, you know, you, old lady JJ, and anybody else listening right now, you guys really are the reason I'm doing this. So, old lady JJ, you are my awesomer review hero. Okay, we're back, everybody. And uh, just before the break, I teased this idea of kind of diving a little further into this, this par- pardon me, the expression, but the Amazon hype that was going on four or five years ago. So you are right that you could sell on Amazon, you know, dating back um, many, many years. In fact, the first time we were invited, uh, one of my old companies was invited to sell on Amazon was probably in the 2001 to 2002 time frame when they were testing a concept called Z-Shops, which did not go particularly well, by the way. Uh, but they got smarter and better and faster and, and ultimately developed the marketplace, which has gone on very well. But it's exploded here in the past five years. How did you get introduced to the, the concept of these training courses out there? Um, I'm not sure um, anymore, but I guess I just, um, you know, I was watching some entrepreneurial videos and somebody was talking about Amazon. So I started Googling and and looking on YouTube, and um, I learned about this these courses, but I actually never bought a course. I um, I found a podcast, uh, and um, there were like a couple of podcasts, all of them starting at that time. So um, I found one. Um, I think it was the Amazing Seller, and um, yeah, then I started listening to it and just reading. So I didn't didn't really buy any um, any course. Did it all myself. Yeah, you are a, clearly a learner. You like to get out there and scour the internet. And Scott, uh, who runs the uh, Amazing Seller podcast, which uh, has been going on quite some time, I think I have yeah. five or five hundred, maybe six hundred episodes now. It's crazy, uh, and it's he's crazy. been that for a long, long time. So that shows you're a really good learner. Uh, did you then launch a product on Amazon? Yeah. Well, um, actually, my first product was a um, was a success. It was interesting. Um, so um, at that time. Um, virtual reality was coming, you know, with Oculus and Google launched uh, their own virtual reality glass. Uh, have you heard about it? It's, it's a cardboard uh, glass. It was called Google Cardboard. Yeah, I remember um, it, but go ahead and for the audience who hasn't uh, seen that or familiar, yeah. <laughs> describe how simple it really was. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's a card. It's a 
pair of glasses for virtual reality from cardboard and you can fold it and put your phone into it and there are two uh, little lenses plastic lenses in it so you can look on your phone and google also made a or launched an app um, for this they call it also google cardboard i believe and um, you have some like 3d uh, games there or um, like a world which you can explore um, and also a cardboard google cardboard version of youtube where you can watch youtube in 3d and uh, basically it's a it's a funny gadget because you can try virtual reality you you fold it together look into it you can't really use it for hours because it's cardboard and it's uh, cutting your nose and the, and the, the, the glance, lenses are too small but you do see this 3d effect and if you've never done this before then it's amazing you know it's something new you go like wow and then you like play with it for 20 minutes and you throw it away um, or you buy maybe a better uh, vr glasses um, yeah so um Basically, I came across this idea and bought one for myself. And I said, okay, nobody's selling them on Amazon in Germany. And then I was reading about Amazon. So, okay, that matches. And I'll, I'll, start, um, I'll start my own brand of uh, you know, uh, cardboard VR glasses. And Google, um, uh, back then, they uh, made the specifications open source. So they published the, the specs so that everybody can produce them because this was their goal. They didn't really want to make money with, with the glasses. They just wanted to... Uh, basically make VR popular. So um, I ordered 10, uh, 10 pairs of those glasses on AliExpress and uh, made pictures with my phone and put them on Amazon. And uh, I didn't have any reviews, but I did know about PPC. So I started PPC, but just, I don't know, maybe one bucks a day or euro. And um, I sold all of them. Um, and I even got a review, I guess, um, yeah, from those 10 units. So, um, and there wasn't, any competition at all. I was the only guy selling those glasses and they were like starting to, to become popular. So uh, then I uh, found a supplier in Alibaba and ordered uh, one box with 100 pieces and um, put them uh, put them online. I didn't really do an optimization or, you know, I didn't really gather any reviews either. So uh, no launch at all. I just put them online and just a little bit of PPC, that, that was it. So I sold uh, all 100, then I ordered 300. Um, and um, then I had a, a kind of a bad moment because they were all um, broken. They were all wet um, and it was cardboard. And I had, I don't know, bad supplier, didn't really know about QA. And since then I know, okay, you should have some quality assurance in China, you know? So they sent it to me and of course they didn't give me the money back and um, it was a disaster. So. Uh, but anyway, um, I was ordering more and more and more, and um, it kept growing. And um, and I kind of, um, you know, it was a trend product. Um, and um, it's easy to sell those, especially if you're the only one. And for the first six months, I believe I was the only one because Amazon Amazing. wasn't that Amazon wasn't that popular in in uh, Germany. There were no courses, no blogs, no podcasts in German uh, whatsoever and you had to find out everything um, yourself about VAT and uh, you know taxes and import and how to import yeah so um, this thing kind of exploded and then Google was pushing it and um, there was one day uh, when I looked on a, a German news site and there was a picture of uh, Barack Obama with Angela Merkel both wearing those glasses and uh, I think I sold like 180 pieces at uh, <laughs> $18 per piece and uh, buying price uh, something like two so uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah I love that kind of history so first of all kudos to you on being able to kind of see a trend that was probably near and dear to your heart right this this 
the first time somebody puts on, uh, if the audience wants to kind of imagine kind of like fat sunglasses that you can slide a phone into, that's essentially yeah. what they, they were. And they had their own lens that, that really can transform a, an experience where they have some videos, as you move your head and look around, it changes the field of vision that you see inside yeah. the process. It really does feel cool and interesting, but it definitely is uh, prob probably a lot like fidget spinners, right? Uh, exactly. It, it's hot yeah. and then it goes away. Uh, yeah. And so how did that, once the trend cooled off after having that really great moment where you know leaders of countries are <laughs> helping <laughs> the product <laughs> How did how did it how did that finally end? Uh, presuming that yeah. it has. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, as you said, it's um, a, a trend product is um, is a good thing if you kind of catch the wave, but um, it also burns down quickly because then, like thousands of uh, sellers starting started to to sell it, especially Chinese guys. Um, uh, you know, and uh, the price goes down, and uh, at a certain point, the hype is over, and uh, nobody wants to buy them anymore, and everybody stays there with uh, you know huge amount of stock so uh, um, you can't really make any money uh, anymore and um, well what I was trying to do I was trying to launch some more products because I thought okay I sh just should repeat it a couple of times and then uh, I'm good you know <laughs> I'm set I like it yeah and um, and it kind of worked but um, I didn't um, find such a trendy product anymore so couldn't repeat the success of, of the first one and then I understood okay uh, what I need now is a process because when you have one product, um, it's easy, you know, you order it, you have a, the boxes at home, you just check them and send them to Amazon. Uh, when you have like five, you have to, even five or maybe also different colors um, in every one of those five products, you have to have a process, you know, you have to have people helping you. And um, when you start hiring people, they are making mistakes. Um, so it doesn't scale. So you need you need some prep center. You, you're paying money for this, that, that, that. You need, uh, you know, more overhead. Oh, and, I think um, that all of these problems that you're talking about, Vladdy, are only for you. None of us have had those problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening who's gone through the process of growth on e-commerce or in your own business has experienced this. Keep going. Yeah, and and it kind of, um, you know, what you need at that point is you need persistence, and you need to, um, you know, to 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 deal with those problems one by one. And you need focus. And uh, my problem was I'm, I was a little bit defocused and I already started thinking about the next project. I, I thought, okay, I could do a software for Amazon sellers because I'm a software guy and not, not like a seller, I guess, um, by nature. So, um, and I found this, uh, this niche, um, profit analytics, because it was hard for me to understand how much money I'm earning. And there were not, there were basically no profit tools. I think there was only one. Uh, it was pretty expensive and um, unprecise, and I thought, okay, we could we can make it in a better way and cheaper and uh, and better. And it doesn't look like too much work. And at the end, it was way much work than I thought. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, the, this is uh, one of my axioms: it always takes longer and costs more. And that was specifically uh, lessons I've learned in software, but it applies to almost anything. Uh, it sounds yeah. like that happened to you too, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. And software, like in software, you know, it takes, um, it's easy to get the first 20% done. Um, and then you already see something. You see a, an interface and you see some pictures and you can press some buttons and they're like, okay, we're, you know, we've done 20% in, I don't know, two weeks. So maybe three more weeks and we're good to launch, you know, but um, that's not the case. You know, the, the last uh, 80% of, uh, uh, you know, or less, I guess, 
the last part is the, the hardest, right? Um, uh, you're programming, programming, dealing with problems, and then nothing changes for months in, in the interface. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard to the milestones in software are much less obvious near the end because you're sitting there squashing bugs and things yeah. that they they cause a lot of pain, but they don't really get there's no real big relief when they go away because they, they weren't obvious they're not in your face they're not on the screen Absolutely. and uh, they're also not sellable yeah, you know, everybody yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> that's only it's like uh, instead of you being able to say oh now it's worth more money it's like no now it's worth money uh <laughs> no it's working as it, as it should, supposed you know? to. That's right. yeah it is uh well i definitely uh i ex i know what you're talking about uh software has definitely been part of our history uh, over the years. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the profit killers that are out there. And, and you've uh, spoken about this in, in various conferences, and you have kind of your five profit killer ideas. And I want to talk about those when we come back. Is that good? Sure. All right, sure. we're going to do it right after this break. Empowered. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, everybody. So that's the end of part one of this three-part series with Vladdy Gordon. And again, I'm thrilled to have Vladdy join us and kind of talk a little bit about his background and then start getting into some of those uh very important topics like, hey, where's the money, right? Uh, the, the old saying, follow the money. Too often as, as e-commerce sellers and specifically sellers on Amazon, we lose track of some of the things that are most important, uh, whether it's returns or some of the other details that we talked about in today's episode. We're going to continue to talk about that in the remaining parts of this series. So again, this has been part one of three. Uh, join us again tomorrow for the second part of this series with Vladdy. And uh, just as a reminder as well, this has been episode number 86 of the Awesomers podcast series. So just run over to awesomers.com slash 86 to see any further details. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again. Dot com.